Mike Rome, Stephane. back for another episode, another conversation, another sit down, trying to up our quality a little bit, I know you can hear it, <laughs> that mixer that I've been talking about for like a million episodes is finally in use, just trying to make the sound a little better, you know, things like that, how you feeling bro, how you doing? Feeling good man, feeling good, um, team got a big win so I'm feeling great. Yeah. You got a big win, so I'm feeling great. Can't complain. I was saying, get closer to the mic. You oh, can't that complain. To. Can't complain one bit. Feel it. Big win over a team that beat us pretty handily last time we played them. So that was nice. Mm-hmm. Pretty much this time of year, that's all I'm focused on. We're trying to get one of these last playoff spots. So that's really all I'm focused on. I mean, I go to work every day, do what I got to do. You know what I mean? Then I get to the school, do what I want to be doing. Um, now we're in, we're in the middle of a little playoff push, so that's good. We'll see if we make it. Hopefully we get there. I feel it. So, other than that, you just been kicking it? Yeah, man. Just work, coaching, um, trying to get stuff set up for um, the off season and after this. Physical therapy is going really well. Um, getting my leg back. Start jumping. So that should be – I'm pretty excited about that. Um yeah, everything's going good, man. I can't complain about nothing. I could complain about stuff, but I choose not to. Yeah, I feel it. So How you doing? I've been chilling, man. It's been chilling. Uh, I mean, we saw each other on Sunday. Yeah. But just since Sunday, that's been kicking it, trying to get things uh, ready. Like I said, I went got the mixer. I went back up to Guitar Center, got some help with the mixer, so we got that working. Yeah. Um, shot a couple of games. Other than that, just been chilling, just trying to stay creative, stay busy. Been about it. I feel it. You know what I mean? Oh, watching this trade deadline, man. Oh, that's for sure. You know, that's this for is sure. an exciting time for basketball players, basketball fans, fantasy basketball players. It has implications. And I'm I'm a huge fan and a fantasy football, a fantasy basketball and football fanatic. So, you know, I'm watching. I'm checking for the Wolves bombs like I'm a GM in the league. <laughs> I'm over here like, let's hold not, on. Let's not start with that. Our, yeah, yeah, our yeah. analytics say they don't like when we start with the sports. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me pull this list out then. Something I wanted to ask you about that, like, that was it that I didn't have on the list, and I can't remember it now. So, hmm. I guess we'll just get into the topics. Do, 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 I mean, the Super Bowl do. did happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk. We could talk about that. We could talk about that first. That'll kind of segue us into some other stuff surrounding the Super Bowl. I mean, I, I mean, you know, we went over to mom and dad's house to watch it. I didn't really watch. I was, you know, working on the computer the whole time. I can't lie. I was peeking up at, you know, when y'all were yeah. ooh and ah, I would look up and see, watch the replay and see what just happened. But I didn't really care for it. I mean, y'all know I don't watch football. I didn't really care for it. But I'm happy the black quarterback won. I yeah. say that. Yeah. Um, one really good game for all the football fans out there. I, what I told you about Jimmy G, but that's whatever. Um, yeah, they can't they can't really say nothing. The, the the rookie of the year, the offensive rookie of the year, is a black quarterback. 
the MVP of the season is a black quarterback and the Super Bowl MVP is a black quarterback. It's a different age in the NFL. And people are giving it. This is my thing with it. People are giving the NFL credit for that. They've had no choice. Peyton Manning is gone. It's over for Tom Brady. Um, um, what's my man's name? What's my man's name? Um, looking old. Like... All of those old guard guys are gone. You know what I'm saying? Like Aaron Rodgers is still around, but there was no big Ben this year. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like all of those cats are gone. Like Drew Brees is looking old. It's over. They've had to accept it. It's here now. It's a beautiful thing. And I, they can't. We're here now. Like it's Lamar Jackson and Pat Mahomes league. It's on now. They gotta promote. They gotta promote them. They 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 gotta do it. That's just what it is now. What did you think of the halftime show? I thought the halftime show was dope. Um, I do give credence to the NFL sells this violent game as a family event, mm-hmm. and when you have stuff that racy, there's some people that are gonna say, "I didn't want to bring my young child to see all this ass shaking," but I thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't no little kid. Yo. I, I remember. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Re- Shakira and J Lo still got the moves. I remember. They got some joints that they could do. It was very uh, culturally appropriate for where they were at. Exactly. Um, I remember saying to you, man, J Lo still good. Yeah. Oh my God, J Lo still killing Shakira's too. Yeah, for sure. Shakira gave us a little wild moment with the tongue out, with the mic up to it. It was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. It was great. I mean, what, what, what you gonna go play for? It was. I mean, it was what what was to be expected, right? I didn't. Yeah, I, when you see those two names on the billing, yeah, this. Okay. I didn't know they were going to Miami it up that much, but yeah. I, I appreciated yeah. it and enjoyed Th- it. There was people that were saying they could have did more music instead of more performing, and I feel you, but that's nitpicking. Well, you know what you get in when you get J Lo. She's doing a show, like. This is what I used to always argue with about um, Usher when all the young boys was coming out and Usher was still on top. I was like, they're doing, they're doing songs and Usher's up there putting on a show. Like he's performing, he's moving from place to fl- place. The sets are different. He's coming out in wardrobe changes. Like this is a whole performance. Like, it, like, and they put on a great performance. Shout out to Rock Nation. For that, which we knew that they were going to do correctly. Did you see uh, Jay-Z and Beyonce didn't stand for the anthem? Yeah. And the backlash? Yeah. You care anything about it? Um, It's a little bit pandering, trying to get people back on your side because the whole Colin Kaepernick thing. I thought that's what it was. Um, so you thought they planned that? Uh, Yeah. Um. Or at least know that they would be at least shot during that time to see what they would do. I mean, I think the other thing that people are overlooking, like Roger Goodell was sitting down too. He was right in front of him. He was sitting down. You too. You know what I'm saying? Um, Donald Trump was, there was reported that he was acting like he was conducting a symphony during the national anthem, like up in the box. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, it it makes you you look funny. It it does make you look funny when you... Jay Z never said you couldn't do both, so I guess that's the out. But I mean, I don't, I don't care too much about that. I'll let other people argue about that shit. I don't care. <laughs> well, he said he said that, it, that he shit. said that it wasn't anything planned or anything that they did on purpose. Hmm. 
Yeah, I wouldn't expect him to. And whether it was or not, I don't. I don't give a damn. If I'm being honest, like uh, some of the commercials, did you catch the Super Bowl commercials? Well, should we profile the game? Yeah, sure. Patrick Mahomes came back and was that guy for three quarters. He didn't look like that guy, but then he showed why he's that guy, man. That's pretty much what happened. People could say, oh, he ran two touchdowns, one, both of them for one yard. He threw one else for five yards, whatever, bro. He and 21 unanswered points in the fourth quarter to come back and win the Super Bowl. It looked like the 49ers was like, yo, we're about to win the Super Bowl. And they kind of let up. And they kind of let up. That's what it looked like, but that's all great players need. You let them come back. Garoppolo missed a throw that would have sealed the game to Emmanuel Sanders. That's why he's not that guy. Um, Kyle Shanahan stopped running the ball. It's a mistake he made in the, when he was the offensive coordinator for the Falcons um, against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. He was who he was. Jimmy was who he Jimmy Garoppolo was who he was. And Pat Mahomes was who he was when he needed to be. He didn't do it for the whole game. He just gave you one explosive quarter, and clearly that's all he needed. Now what? Now we could now we could talk about the stuff that that matters outside to me, which is what. Um. Some of the commercials, the New York Times article you sent me, um, I read that. Um. I'm I'm a skeptic, man. I'm a skeptic. Like I thought of the New York Times article. I thought it profiled Rock Nation and Jay Z really well. I thought it made them look good. But to me, it's like it. Everything sounded like. This is how you do good in corporate America. This is how you corporately do good. Like Jay Z's setting up all these corporate ways to do good and to show that he's doing good and good for them for doing that. I think the message gets lost sometimes. I didn't like the the Botham Gene ad or commercial profile on his story um, during the Super Bowl. Like I was talking, I was talking to some people about. Then I heard it on a podcast that I listened to. Um, corporate America does these things like let's have a dialogue let's both sit down both people could come to an understanding and all of this and that's not really the message we're pushing the message we're pushing is you're doing us wrong and you need to stop doing us wrong because it's for a very specific reason because we look different we come from a different place and you're not comfortable with that and I think that when you take Botham Jean, Botham Jean is a man that was sitting in his living room when an off-duty cop came into his house, said they thought it was his house, and shot and killed him. That officer was found guilty and is doing a very, very long prison sentence. Those aren't the stories that we're talking about, Rock Nation. We're talking about the stories where the cop's on duty, he shoots somebody he should not be shooting, and then he gets off. That's what we're talking about. That's not what corporately I want you to be putting forward. Those aren't the, that's, the, that's the story that we want to happen. When they kill us, when they shoot us, when they profile us, they get punished. It's not the story that we want to see. You know what I'm saying? Like not, not forward-facing, like I said, this is all, like I said in past episodes of the show, like this has to play out in public. And although that is a story that we should champion, like they actually did the right thing here. When you're portraying the story from the black perspective, our gripe isn't that you guys got Botham Jean right. You put her in prison. It's all the people that didn't go to prison and that are still walking around here free for killing black people. I think it's the wrong message to send when you say we're gonna bring, well, we're gonna bring some, um, um, 
we're gonna bring the fight to social like for social injustice. We're gonna get the NFL involved. We're gonna show them what this is. They're gonna be behind us and do all of these things. Like to me, that's corporate doing it. Like we could come to a compromise. You know what I'm saying? Like we're not asking for a compromise. We're asking to be done right. You know what I mean? That's that's like I I said like I watched the ad and I didn't think about it right then. And then I watched it on YouTube. And then I was talking to somebody at work about it. And then I was like, because he was saying, he was like, I mean, he was asking, he's not black. And he was like, is this like the story that like you want that not, not me, but like on behalf of your people by somebody trusted from your, you know what I'm saying? From your place. Is this the story you want them telling? And I was like, well, why would you say that? And he was like, because like, this seems like what everybody would say they have. Somebody does me wrong, they do they break the law, they do something, they're punished for it. He was like, We're talking about a fatality here. But and then I started thinking about it. I was like, Well, yeah, like I feel you. You know what I'm saying? I, I like I was thinking like, yeah, I totally get that. And then like I said, I listened to a podcast where they were saying the same thing. And then I read that I read that New York Times article you gave me um again after that. I read it when you sent it to me, then I read it after I had that conversation. Um, this is after the Super Bowl, that Monday after the Super Bowl. Um, and then I was just thinking about it more and I was like, yo, man. And this is what I ultimately came to. Like, I got a bunch of reasons why, but this is what I ultimately came to. The NFL gets to use the issue and their platform to make themselves look a little bit better. Like, they ran some noteworthy as Anquan Bolden thing. You know what I mean? Like, they get to, like, co-op the issue to make themselves look good. Jay-Z and Rock Nation get a New York Times, uh, uh, I don't know what you call it, expose that makes them look good. And then the issue that everybody wanted to bring light to stays the same. That, that's, how I, that's how I feel. I think you got to be careful. Like I said before, like you got to be careful when you're working with corporate sponsorships. That's why I said I never trusted the NFL. Because I'm not sure that that's how we want the, the story being played out. This is the one time where they actually did arrest the officer for shooting somebody. You know what I mean? I just, I don't know. Like, people going to say I'm hating and all that, and that's cool. That's just, that's the way I look at stuff. I always look at, like, who is it benefiting? Why would they want to put this story out the way that they put it out? You know what I mean? Because what we're screaming to them is a lot different than what was portrayed on Super Bowl Sunday when Jay-Z's involved. And it's different than what I thought we were going to get. I, I wish I can get more to that point because I didn't I didn't see the commercial. Yeah, I really didn't see any any of the commercials to be honest with you. Yeah. I maybe saw like bits and pieces of a couple of them, but I didn't yeah. really see it. But uh, I guess the only retort I would have to that is we do know that a lot of other work is being done other than just that story being told, right? No, yeah, of course, of okay. course. But when you say you're working with somebody and you're going to use their platform to bring awareness, the time that you had to use their platform. I see what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Like you told this one specific story and it just begs the question why? Mm -hmm. Because this ain't the story that we're asking to be told. It's not. It's not. And when you, if you're working with them, I get that coming out. If you're working alone, I get that you can put out whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And I get it. You don't get the NFL's cameras and all that. And that's what you ultimately wanted on their platform, on their stage. 
Like there's like, but I said something like, like the numbers are stupid for people to watch the, the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? It's the most number one watched thing in this country every year. They say anything about the ratings? Um, I didn't. I didn't look up the ratings to be honest. I usually do, and I didn't. Um, shit, I could look them up right now. Um, I'm I'm sure they were up there because because of Pat Mahomes to be honest. Um, Super Bowl ratings. Andre Drummond just got traded to the to the Cavs. Oh, I saw that that was coming for who though? Brandon Knight and John Henson in the second round pick. Oh, hey, the Cavs trying to build something. But the Super Bowl, the first increase, uh, they said average ninety eight point two million. Shit. <laughs> Oh, I mean that's big, but I, I I don't know. Like that's what I had. That's what I had on the on the Jay Z stuff. I like I Marcus said before. Morris just went to the Clippers. Hey man, it's gonna have to be some sports talk today, man. <laughs> the trade deadline coming up. We just talked about the Super Bowl. We might as well get into some NBA talk while these trades is coming coming live to the phone right now. Woj bombs, Woj bombs. Yeah, the Knicks have agreed to trade Marcus Morris to the Clippers. That's a big deal. Mm. Lakers gotta move. Lakers gotta make a move. That's facts. Lakers gotta make a move. That's a good. That's a good pickup. Lakers gotta make a move, man. Marcus Morris a little bit better than Kuzma right now. Keep it a bean. But I mean, what what do you think of the uh, New York Times article? Before we before we leave that, start talking about you know, basketball trades. I I enjoyed it. I I liked um. For whatever reason, I don't know if that story had been told in its entirety. I didn't know that the relationship was established through like Jay Z and Robert Kraft, like being like at lunch somewhere and them talking. I don't, I don't know if it was at lunch, but them two being somewhere and them talking about it, and then Robert Kraft connecting Jay Z and, and and Roger Goodell. I didn't know it happened that way. Yeah. I did. I didn't. I know did. It happened that way. Yeah. And it was, it was just uh, stuff like that. I I appreciate it. I like that. Like I said, aside from the like the the ad, I didn't see that. But I I like the uh, I like the the article in, in New York Times. I I under I I take I take their word for it that that things kind of have to happen that way at that at that level. What do you mean? Kind of, what do you mean? What things kind of have to happen? What way? Like like part like partnerships and and deals and. Money, like like money being exchanged on both sides, not even at that level, but I guess that amount, and for and for people to be like, well, of course he's making money and this, that, and the third. It's like no nobody that's that makes that much money does anything for free, really. And you can say like, oh yeah, it's activism, which I would actually say, but I mean like, when you can do, when you when you have when you have that much money and then have a business that's worth that much money, and you can do things, you both want things from each other, and you can make money off of each other in the process like I don't see that as being a bad thing and I, I like I'm not saying the making money is I'm saying my I look I like the article there I did learn some things I thought it was a lot of fluff and then it got to it in like the the end of the article most articles are like that yeah yeah I, I mean, that's yeah I agree um but to me it like I get what you're saying. Like, there's a way that even corporations have to go about. Like, they are about their dollar. They are about their bottom line. And it's cool if they want to make money and push a good cause. That's a, a double win. And there's a certain way that you got to go about doing that. 
things change though when you use corporation like the ad that I'm speaking of like the way that you have to tell the stories because we're going to put this on TV and there's certain people that we don't want to make mad and you know what I'm saying we value certain segments of people and all of this other stuff um like like it was very good it was done very well it was it was it was done great um I'm not saying that it wasn't I wouldn't say that it was you can't say that you look at it you read it it's, it's put together great um but like I said I felt like Jay-Z got to make himself look good I thought the NFL got to make themselves look good and I thought the issue stayed the same and I thought we were bringing I thought we were bringing awareness to a certain part of this issue there was a certain it's a very specific part of this issue that from the beginning we've been talking about you know what I mean and and I don't feel like that was talked about the halftime show was great nobody nobody thought Jay-Z was gonna do bad <laughs> on the halftime show you know what I'm saying like Roger Goodell said it. he's the best in the world at this and that's why we're working with him like you know, you know what you're getting when you work with Jay-Z and Rock Nation on music events and all this other stuff you know what you're gonna get it's the other stuff that we didn't know As I said, I'm not hitting Jay-Z over the head with it. it. Just, I think this is what happens when you work with big corporations that, that are worried about moving the needle with certain people but so much. Like, you can't, you can't come out here and give the Trayvon Martin story on the NFL airways during their biggest event. Like, the corporation just might not see that as good. And I thought that's what we were doing. Not necessarily Trayvon Martin, but those stories where people are walking away from killing, from killing uh, unarmed people of color mm-hmm. you know what I mean like and like I said that wasn't even my first thought when I saw the ad I was like well damn like that in the Anquan Bolden story I was like oh the NFL is putting some stories out there and then like I said having a conversation and then hearing a podcast on, I was like okay well damn like maybe maybe I am just like kind of thinking of it on the surface like they did tell a story but what is the story what is the depiction you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and, and I do and I do agree that it could have been different but like I said what do you expect from the NFL Feel it. That's why I mess with them niggas, man. I don't really want to talk about trades, man. I feel it. Let's see what else. Oh, I wanted to ask you about the whole the whole uh, Mace and Diddy uh, thing. Mm-hmm. How you how you feel about that? So before we get into it, so did he receive an award? I forget the name of the award. I should look it up so I can tell y'all exactly what it is. But did he receive an award? And y'all know Diddy been on his whole like black love, black power, and and which mm-hmm. is dope, which is dope. I don't want to make it sound like that, but um, and so he you know black love, black empowerment, black you know what I'm saying black unification, everything, which yeah. is which is all true, which is all facts. It's exactly what we need to be doing. Um, and so he received an award, an award over the weekend, over Grammy weekend. And when he went up and accepted the award, that's what his speech was about, like empowering us and doing what's right by our people. And a lot like Joaquin, getting get, right, getting the right deals, and you know, do all of that type of talk. Where the power I mean? is, right? How how hip hop has not been acknowledged or acknowledged properly, or has been ostracized in this in that room, and how that needs to change. Did he put him on a timeline? He gave him a year, and he said, and then kind of left it open ended. You know what I mean? Like, or we're coming for it. You know what I mean? I don't know what that means, but I am super interested to see. But that leads into and then so Puff Mace, and Mace. And then so Mace jumped on Instagram and was like, man, you talking about all that. You need to be the change that you're talking about, fam. Like, you still got my publishing. You gave me 20000 Put all the business out there. You gave me 20000 and 
I've been, I've been wanting my publishing, and you won't give it back. You know, you try to give you two million for something you gave me. You gave me for twenty grand was right. really good, right? All type of, of shit, all of that. And then so it just it just kind of opened up the conversation, which on the one hand for me is like, dang, Puff, like you you still ain't cleaned that one up. But on the other hand, it's not surprising because he's had other artists, you know, come out and kind of say the same thing. But then, so I want, another reason why I wanted to talk to you about it is. I actually called my old, uh, so I went to, I lived in Cerritos for nine, uh, I lived in LA for nine months, I've talked about it on the podcast, I was studying music when I was in college, and I went to Cerritos College, I used to have a nice music program, and a nice like uh, music production and music business program at, the, at that junior college, it's a really dope, really dope school, if you're in the LA area, you should go to Cerritos College, they got a lot of dope stuff there, um, for anything you want to study, um, but anyway, my professor while I was there, he was a, a composer and a producer, uh, and he would talk about like, you know, how to produce, how to license music. Uh, he would, you know, talk about publishing and talk. And he, I remember splits in your ownership. Like, how much of your creative do you own? And I, and I remember have the rights. I remember to. talking. And I remember him bringing up rather about like he makes the majority of his money off of publishing. He just teaches because he loves it. Like mm-hmm. he just makes money off publishing. Yeah. Um. And I still had his number, so I reached out to him, and I called him. He hardly remember me. I had to tell him like who I was and like I don't think he really remembered me, but I told him like I gave him some stuff that he could tell like I was actually his student. Yeah, I took your class and I wanna pick your brain about this. Right, right, right. So I don't wanna make it seem like, yeah, I know this guy, this and yeah. no, it's not like that. It's not like that. But anyway, I was asking him, um, I was like, So when you're like putting together a publishing deal, how much of an artist publishing do you try to keep? And he was saying, he was like, well, for me, it depends on the artists and how creative they are with the process. Mm-hmm. He was like, if I see them and they're talented, but I have to, he was like, if I have to make the bed, then I'm going to keep a lot of the money off that bed. Mm-hmm. Pretty much his way. That's what he said. And I was like, like, like break it down for me, though. He was, like, if, if, he was like, if an artist comes to me and I have to provide him with the right producers that are going to make him sound right. And I have to provide him, like, I have to help him write his music. His music, and I'm already producing and composing some of it. He was like, if I have to do all of that, and all he has to do is come in. And plus the promo, the relationships to get it played. Well, all he didn't really stuff. talk about all that. I don't think yeah. he really does that. Yeah. He's not like, you know. But in Diddy's situation, that matters. Because you're working with Diddy, there's, a, there's X amount that you're going to sell being with Diddy. But he was pretty much telling me. If the artist comes to me and he already he already has his sound, he knows what who he needs to help him create his sound. He already knows the creative space that he needs to be in. Like and he does all that, and I'm pretty much just just housing it and providing a studio and maybe some some musical equipment. Then he's gonna keep a lot more of his publishing. Mm-hmm. He was like, but if I have to provide, he was like, pretty much the more I provide, the more publishing I keep. Yeah, pretty much. And I was like, well, is that pretty much how it always goes? He was like, no, most people, they they, they keep as much publishing as they possibly can. He was like, me, I I like to be open and honest with anybody that I work with. He was like, so if I'm I'm making the bed, then I'm going to keep a lot of money off that bed. Which makes a lot of sense. And I think the bigger point with like, that that makes great sense. But a corporation, and be clear, that's what Diddy is, is not, um is not trying to they're trying to get as much as they can because down the road this might call this might gross us x amount of dollars you know what i mean like mm-hmm. and especially if you got somebody and you think this is going to be something that you could recoup you could keep on making money on this um but i think the like so corporations are always going to move like that i think right. the mesa thing and the bigger thing that people were talking about was 
Diddy, if you're going to be the one to preach this message, then you can't be that same one that is doing this dirty business. Because that's what it is. No, I agree with that. That's what it is. Just because the music business is messed up or ugly or people be getting done dirty, that don't mean that you go out and you do your own dirty. This was a long time, and like I, I, Joe Budden was saying that uh, some artists leverage their publishing to get certain things up front. They'll give away or sell off or, tr- or trade their publishing for this amount of money or this much on the advance or help with this or help with that because it's all that they have. And I'm sure that some of that was going on with Mace. But now, you're talking about now, Diddy. You're saying, let's do right. Do right. And that's why. Come I- to an agreement. And that's why these ownership conversations are so important. Because when you when you listen to, I mean, R.I.P., R.I.P., Nip Hustle the Great, but when you listen to him say, I own all the rights to all my raps, that's that's huge, man. When you hear down the line, this is like 20, 20 plus years later, and he like, I, I need that. I need yeah, that. Yeah, I need that, brother. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And for you to own it from the jump, that's that's big, man. And. And it just shows that it's a different route. And that's what I'm saying. When you work with a Diddy, he's taking some of that. Because working with me, bro, is better than a lotto. You, like, it's better than a lotto, fam. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like Cameron used to say. If you're going to lean back like that from time to time, kind of like yeah. too much, I'm like. Yeah. Like, um, like Cam used to say, yo, fuck with me is better than a lotto, bro. Mm-hmm. You, you, gonna, you might get rich or famous. Shit, maybe both. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, working with Diddy, come on, nigga. Like, you know what's going to happen. You're going to get, and now your music, let's say, let's say Diddy's going to get you halfway there, just on the strength of his name and what he's able to do with artists. Now your artistry is going to start filling up that other half. How much you got? Mm -hmm. How hot is your shit? Mm -hmm. How much do people like you, your look, and all of that stuff? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And Diddy helps with that. So yeah, he should have a piece. But the guy that's preaching that needs to have a sit down and get them splits right with Mm -hmm. that man. I agree that it shouldn't be Mace take 100%. Because if I put in, if I did the heavy lifting, like you were creating the songs and I was doing all the background stuff that got it pushed and got it played and did all of that, I, I do own some of that. Some of that is mine. And see, you know, you know what's interesting. But it shouldn't be where somebody feel like they got to come on social media and call you out because they feel like they haven't been done right and they can't get you to get down with them and make it right. It shouldn't be that. And in my line of work and what I do, it makes me kind of look at, and I won't call them out by name, but it makes me look at some of these other, like, these media platforms that make basketball mixtapes. It makes me look look at them kind of a way because it's like, if all I'm doing for you, I don't want to say all I'm doing. No, but yeah, all I'm doing for you is, okay, so the guys that I know that shoot for these different platforms, they cut up a video, pretty nice one. But they, it's not like a super creative video with enough effects and a whole bunch of stuff because these platforms, they want the game, like as soon as right the game after. is over, they want it up as soon as possible. Yeah. So they're putting it together and it looks nice. Y'all see them online. Y'all see them on Instagram. They put them together and it looks nice. But So they got to shoot, put a video together real quick, post it for that, either send it to somebody that works there or then post it themselves to that platform. And they get to get tagged and people get to, they get their followers up, they get their following up and I'm sure they get work off of that. Yeah. But they don't get to keep that footage and create a video to put on their own platform. But they can, that same video that they gave to the platform, they can post that same video to their page. It's like in a time frame afterwards, right? No, they can't, like after that video, like, so that same, so, so say if I work So I give for, it to the platform I'm working for, how soon after can I post that video that I created to my platform? 
I think I think there is a time frame on that. Because I would tell him like, yo, give me 24, give me 48 hours. Let me run and get the clicks that I'm going to get. Then you run it on your shit. Like, I paid you for the shit. I'm you sure that's I'm how it works. But yeah. what I'm saying is they can't. That's, that's one quick video that you don't even really get to get that creative with. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They can't keep that same footage and create another video. A separate video is what I'm saying. Oh. From what I understand. Oh. And part of that is because from, from pe- people that I've spoken to, they've told me that they can't. Not the people that work there, other people that choose not to work there. Yeah. They tell me that they can't, and then, um, and they also can't sell the footage to anyone else, which is, which is understandable. Yeah, yeah. But, but that's my foot. Well, technically, if I pay for it, it's mine. Yeah. And you going out and, like, and see, I would that's say you I, could promote yourself. I'm just thinking, like, in, a, in the most purest form, I would say you could promote yourself, but don't make money off of something I already paid you for, bro. Like, but I brought it up to say it made goes, me though. it made me it made me happy that one of those one of those platforms didn't come pick me up real soon and then when they kind of did start trying to pick me up I kind of took my time with it because now the platform that I do work for is black owned I make slightly less than what these guys with that the that the big platforms work for mm-hmm. but after he post his to YouTube, and we just watched one before we started playing. You yeah. see, he does a really good job with the edits. Yeah. After he posts his video, I get to do whatever I want with the footage. It's still my footage. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean... But I can't, I can't, but like, like, again, there's the time frame on it as well. I can't post anything to mine until his is posted, which is understandable. Well, fair, I paid you for this footage. Right, yeah. right. Man, I paid you for this footage and the time that it gets to go up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That, mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. kind of how that game works. But I, I just think I think that with Diddy, um, I think that both sides are right. I think we did, we don't know the whole story. We're only hearing Mace's side, and that ain't fair to Diddy. It ain't fair to the situation, and even our like evaluation of their situation. But on its face, right now is. You've done this with people before, Diddy. Sit down, have a conversation with that man. Get them splits right. Like, can't nobody sit down and say that Diddy, what you did for that project or those projects or get pushing, helping push his career that you don't own some of the pub. If you want 100% of it back, okay, now it's on you. Name your number. You know what I mean? You want 100% back? Bruh. We both gotta agree to disagree here, and if you want a hundred, this is gonna be the number. That's just that just wouldn't be smart for a businessman, a business, anybody that wants and, to continue yeah, to make money. That's just not smart. Like that. yeah. You you invested into it, and your investment grew. Now you shouldn't have that. You shouldn't have that big a piece, maybe, but that doesn't mean like. And I and that's why I say that's the bigger point. Don't do bad business with me because you know things that I don't, and I'm in this vulnerable situation. Don't do me dirty for the simple reason of you can't. And that's been the music business forever. You know what I'm saying? Oh, artist comes in and they see all this talent. They know what kind of star they can make them because they've done it before. Mm-hmm. But they throw a little bit of change at them. They give away their pub or all of their rights and all of this other stuff. And now that that act is big time and years have gone by and that catalog is worth X amount of dollars, they're looking at it going like, wait, hold on, bro. You gave me a million for this? Hold on. You know what I'm saying? Is don't do dirty business, at least with yours. I'm not. I personally don't try to do no business dirty like that. I think it just brings bad things your way. But 
if you're not doing dirty business, nobody can say you're doing dirty business. You know what I'm saying? Like, I say that, I say that about, like, a lot of shit. Like, people on social media just be clapping at people or just be saying stuff like, oh, they, they feel a certain way. It's like, okay, like, if you wasn't clapping at randoms, like, then people wouldn't have no reason to think you clapping at them. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I, I, I don't know, like, when your hands are clean and stuff, people can't. People can't accuse you of it because you've never done it. And the fact that Mesa's saying something means there was some funny business there. And yeah, it might be music business standard, but now Diddy, you're preaching a different song. You should do right. You should do right, Bob. And it's on both of them to figure out what right is. If he don't want to sell back everything he got because he feel like he worked for a certain amount of this, then that should be fair. Now let's get closer to right. Let's get closer to a compromise, not this hijacking that went on years ago. 20 grand for something you making a killing on now is nuts. I feel it. I had throwing some Mason Puff Man to make me feel better. <laughs> they gotta get that right, man. They did too many great things together. Yeah. Man. They gotta yeah. get that right. I mean, it just. I guess I should say Puff gotta get that right. I mean, but like I said, they both gotta sit down and like have a serious talk. Like, Diddy gotta sit there and be like, yo, but I did do this amount for you and this much. And like, without me, this doesn't go this far and all of this. And then put a value on it. Something that y'all could compromise to. Mm-hmm. And then get closer to right so y'all can both walk away from that situation going, we did the best we could. He gets what, he understands what I said. I understand what he said. We got the numbers cl- closer to something we could live with. It ain't never going to be like, you want 100% of your poetry back. If he don't feel like he want to give all that back, then you got to do it. You got to understand. But, like, if it's a 50-50 right now, it's like, damn, he created it. You're not pushing nothing if he don't create it. So... But some people will argue Diddy helped create You know what I mean And that's legit Because he helped Center create with, with all of his stars And people that he backs And helps move their career And move the needle and all of that But It is what it is But I guess we can move We can move off of We can move off of Diddy Um Oh um <laughs> This is back to the Super Bowl did you see what? Oh, you probably didn't. So Andy Reid finally got like he's been a great coach. If people say he's a goat level coach, the only thing he was missing was a Super Bowl championship. He'd been once with Donovan McNabb and T.O. Um, and that's the only time he'd been. He'd been close a bunch of times. So he wins the Super Bowl. Everybody's happy for him. Players from Philly, everywhere he's been, people are happy for him. They asked Andy Reid, did you spend the night with the trophy? He said, nah, I spent the night with my trophy wife. He said, I ate a, a, cheese, a huge cheeseburger, and I spent the night with my trophy wife. <laughs> That's a boss move. That's savage right there. Like, I feel him, bro. He's like, well, bro, I finally got that monkey off my back. I won that thing. What you think I did, bro? <laughs> That's a boss move. I love that answer. I love that yeah, answer. Yeah, bro. I love that yeah, answer. Yeah, bro. That's what I was like, yo, Andy got the right idea. And he's just a good, everybody seems to love him. Ex-players, current players, old people that he worked with. He's been through a lot, too, man. Been, yeah, he's been through a lot. Like, he lost his son. I you know about what I mean? That. Like, he's been through a lot. Um, uh, Hella dope. Hella dope for him. Hella dope. But now I wanted to ask you about, uh, since we was talking about music, to uh, music people, you see, uh, you see the G-Eazy and uh, Meg the Stallion thing? <sighs> Yeah, I don't really care too much about it because I'm, I'm pretty sure that it was all staged and all planned. Bro. But if it if it wasn't, okay, 
at first I was like, they planned that out, right? Yeah. Of course they planned it out. Yeah. But do you think, like, because, I mean, they said, like, I was looking at, I can't lie, I was looking Max at the little, I was looking at the online stuff, and they were saying, like, that uh, that g Easy like, was, like, you could tell, like, he was feeling her. Like, he, he was putting more into I it bet. than she was. I so, bet. You so, heard her rap? I feel it. <laughs> so it made me want to ask, though, do you think, so she was just using him, right? So it made me want to ask. She might be cool with him. She might like the hugging up with him, but she said in the comment section on that, like, I'm not fucking him. Like, so it made me want to ask, man. You ever been used by a woman? I'm sure I have. Oh, well, you got to tell me your time. <laughs> um, this, is back, this is back when we was younger. I was definitely different than the rest of the fellas when it came to the ladies. And I felt like I've been used just to be like that, like, not like sympathetic figure, but they, chicks knew that they could kick it with me and I wasn't after something. And they like and they liked that. Mm-hmm. So they would hang out with me or show interest in me to just be around a dude that, that they felt like wasn't just there trying to bone. Mm-hmm. And that, like, I feel like that's the way I've definitely, I've definitely been used. Oh, and I've, I've definitely been used physically too. No, I <laughs> yeah, now that I think about it. <laughs> he said I've been used it's, physically. It's one, it's one time, it's one time, but it's definitely, I think she did like me, but she was like this, because of how I was acting, she was like, this ain't going to never be nothing, but I, I just really wanted to, I've always thought about this and I definitely got roped and it happened to me. I de- no, I think about it, it's happened twice now. Damn, the more I think about it, I'm like, nah, it hasn't happened. Nah, yeah, it has. Now it's happened twice. Yeah. See, I've definitely had relationships and situationships where we both knew we was using each other. But one time in particular where I was getting used and the other party wasn't is the only time that I could really think of. In high school, I won't say her name, I guess, because I just haven't spoken to her about it. But you know, homegirl from uh, from New York that went to high school with us. (laughs) So we dated, right? And then we broke up. And then so the next year, when the year started, you know, and this is what I used to tell young. It's like, I mean, when you get older, you can tell a girl like, now, like, yeah, I like you. But when you younger, you ain't trying to say that. don't tell them you like them, man. They're going to use it against you. <laughs> so I told her I like her again, right? We kicking it every day after school. I'm chilling out front with her, waiting for her dad to get there. We all booed up every day. And when her dad comes, she'll jump in the car. Dip out, right? And I'm thinking, like I said, I told her I like her. We all booed up. We all cuddled up every day. I'm yeah, thinking she's feeling girl. me too. Yeah. <laughs> Man, we do it there for like a good like month and a half. Until, this is, this is no, nah, it's not my senior. It's my junior year. I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, my junior year. Man, <laughs> if she didn't have a boyfriend that next like two or three weeks, I seen her all hugged up with some Mexican dude. I was like, <laughs> oh, come on, fam. <laughs> Oh, thought it was me. <laughs> after that, I was like, never again. Yeah, never again. Defenses went up. I had that Mayweather defense after that. Yeah, yeah. Because i I think I've I think I've had I think I've had two. No, nah, I think I've had one girlfriend that had a bad situation, and I was the nice guy that she knew she wouldn't get hurt with, mm-hmm. and so that's why she kind of liked me and messed with. Like she liked me, bro. But I think that's why she messed with me and, um, initially. It was like, oh, he's kind of cool. Because we had already known each other. It's like, oh, he's kind of cool. And, like, this is safe. He ain't going to hurt me. I know he ain't just after one thing, yada, yada, mm-hmm. yada. Mm-hmm. And then I got two situations where I know, like, I definitely, it was just how I, we was talking. Um, But just, 
how we was talking, they knew like I wasn't thinking about like being with them. It was just cool, like you know what I mean or whatever. And they was like, okay, like well, if we ain't gonna be together, I at least want to see what that's about. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely, man, that's definitely happened twice. Girls be running game just as much, if not more, than they're guys just do. Better than yeah, us and I was at it. about to say, and they're just better at it than us. They're just better than us at it. They're just better. Girls For sure. Girls stay running game. Yeah. Cause and they'll sit up with their homegirls and be like, oh, you like okay, perfect example, perfect example. A chick will be super into a dude at a nice spot, right? Hasn't met homeboy or whatever, but just go over there, strike up, strike up a conversation with him, and might like the convo. But she's there for the drinks or the treatment or whatever. And I'm not even, I mean, I think women need to be safe doing that, but I'm not even knocking it. If you can get some free drinks out of dude because he just likes your company, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. But the only reason they're there in your face is to get that treatment. You know what I'm saying? That's a form of use. It might be something that we're all okay with, that we know goes on, but you are using that dude. That is sly game. Like, women just they're they're not so blatant with their intentions. Like a dude will come on to a girl, and the way he comes on to her is like, you're just thinking about doing her. Thing. It's like, why would you do that? You know what I'm saying? Like, why would you be that blatant with it? That that's my thing. It's like, and that's what we'll be like, Ugh. like cause I've heard chicks go up and like, I'm just going, I'm trying to get dick. Like real talk, like. Her chicks getting ready, going out there like, oh, if I pick me up in there, like, I'm trying to take him home. Like, yada, yada, yada. But the, they're talking about that at the crib, but the way they're going about it, it ain't like that. They yeah. go out, they talk with a dude, they dance with him all night, they'll be in his face, they'll buy some drinks at the end of the night, they whisper to each other, they're talking about each other, oh, I want to kick it, oh, go back to the crib or go wherever, and they, mm-hmm. they do their thing. It's not from the get-go, like, mm-hmm. look, ass looking good, ma, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Like... <laughs> Bro, I can't tell you when I first started going out in North Park. What do? Like, like what? Me, me and Ace would be out, uh, like be out somewhere in North Park, and you know I like to dance when I go out, especially if I've been drinking a little bit. Ace would still be over there shooting pool with whoever had next. I'd be on the dance floor, right? And without fail, at least the first like maybe like three or four times I went out, without fail. It'll be a dude come up to me, see me. He might see me dance with a girl, just be dancing in my groove. You know what I'm saying? Doing my thing, and he, man. This bitch is out here tonight, bro. And like loud with like a whole bunch of girls right here. And it's like, fam, like. I gotta walk And away. then especially if he see you and not like. To I gotta walk like, like I'm ever the coolest dude in there. But if he see you like, like you said, you might have danced with a girl that he might think is cute. Or he see you could dance a little bit. Cause you, you know what I'm saying? He see you kind of smooth. Or he see people noticing you having a good time out there. So he come and get in your space and he trying to get a little bit of, a little, a yeah. little rub off. I've done it before. Yeah, I can't yeah, lie. Yeah. But I'm not corny though. I've been though. up with a, group, with a group of people that's going crazy. I'm over there like, hey, like, or, yeah, or like, or I'm saying, I've even done what he's done. I've seen a dude kind of over there like, oh, he got, he got, he got some energy over yeah. there. I'm going to try to get a little piece of that. And I've gone over there, but I'm not corny though. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like when you do it in a corny way, it's like, ah, come on, come on, man, man. like yeah. get out of here, yeah, man. man. Stop with that. And especially when you say something like that, when it's a bunch of girls right here, uh-huh. that's that's just. In, in that's general, just, like I'm walking away, fam. I don't want nobody associating me with that. I'm like, yo, fam, I'm cool, bro. I gotta go. It's it's fine. It's fine. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it is nasty. And it's weird, like, I tell people all the time, like, there's certain things that I don't think about and they don't cross my mind because I, I literally don't think like that. Like, I'm never in a spot, like, tapping my mans and be like, yo, it's mad bitches in here, bro. I might, you might think the same thing, but how you, how you verbalize it shows your mindset. Right. 
And I'll be in there, I'll be like, wow, bro, there's a lot of gorgeous women in here, bro. I'm trying to like, I'm trying to dance with one of these girls. I'm trying to get to know one of these girls. And it's like, there's a difference. Mm-hmm. I like, damn, she even, looks even, good. Even, even, I, I won't That's even say. That's what attracted me. I won't like, even What's say, I'll say I, I might even say like, hey, man, it's a lot of them in here today. Yeah. But it ain't even, no, it's not on no like demeaning, like, yo, there's some bitches in here, bro. Like, yeah. we brought the fuck. Like, come on, yeah. bro. That's just, yeah. that's just corny. Trying to hit. Yeah, yeah, that's just no, corny. It's different, yeah. That's just Cause, corny. Because it's like. And it's okay. I'll put it like this. And of course, and I mean, I'm I'm married now, so obviously yeah. not now. But yeah. even when I was single, I didn't go out when that was the 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 end goal. I, I don't think I've ever done that. Yeah. I don't. I, yeah, like I, I, no I gas, that, no yeah, gas. I don't think I've ever done that in my life. Like gone out, and the purpose was to find something to bring home. I've never yeah, done. Yeah, that. I've, I've never done. That. I've never done. But that. even but see, this is the difference. Like I was always, if it happened, it happens. And I, and I always told, and like I would tell wifey this, like when we were dating, I was like, bro, like when I go out, I'm literally. Going out to have a good time. I want to go get on the dance floor. Like me and you was different. We would go to that. Like when we was kids, we would go to a house party to dance with the girls at the party, bro. Yeah. Not to look cool. Not to post up. Not to get faded. Even though people was doing all of that stuff. I remember one time we, we, like we was at a party. Like, are you crazy? They are shaking tail out there. And this is bro. before I ever drank or smoked anything. Somebody offered me a beer. I was like, Nah, I'm cool. And then somebody offered me some smoke. I was like, Nah, I'm cool. And Kevin was right there, and he had a beer in his hand. And he was like, bro, why do you even come to parties if you don't want to? I was like, bro, to dance. And he was like, to dance? Remember, he was like, thought it was like the most bizarre thing. He was like, to dance? Yeah. I was like, nigga, I like to dance. What you mean? Yeah. <laughs> I like to dance with girls. Yeah, bro. Like, bumping it. We from the bumping and grinding era. That's you what I'm me? saying. Like, <laughs> it's like, get the girls up on us. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, even the mindset, like, going out. Like, when I used to go out with um, Brian all the time, we'd be downtown San Diego. I'd be like, bro, like, Okay, I get it. We're going out with these two chicks, bro, but I might be in the middle of a group dancing or whatever girls there, bro. Like mm-hmm. I'm not with them. and they both of those girls are sweet. I don't know if they want their name said on the podcast, you know what I'm saying, or whatever, but both of them are super sweet girls. I got a great time with those people, you know what I'm saying? But even now, like I we've went out we've went out and me and wifey have went out with some of our friends that are in relationships or married or whatever. And they've been like, how do y'all go out and party like that? She'll be doing her thing with her girls. She'll be doing your thing over here. And it's like, we, like we'll like we end up dancing together. But like we both enjoy just being out, enjoying. You know what I'm saying? Like right. I've literally been sitting down at, a, at the table while wifey and her friend is out shaking tail and being like with one of her like friend's husband or uh, boyfriend and being like, yo, bro, calm down. Like They're just out there dancing with each other like, I know it's dudes coming around, bro, but you got that's what happens, bro. Like, nigga, your girl ain't cheating on you because some dude dancing behind her for a three minute song, fam. Like, relax. Man. Some people don't know how to how to. But but see, and that's what that's I immaturity, think. though. It comes from. See, I say it's immaturity because I was like that when I was younger. When I like had, when I was in high school and had a girlfriend, I was like, nah, what? Like, what you need to dance with anybody for? Just dance mm-hmm. with me. You know See, what I, mean? like, and so that's why that's what I chalk it up to, like in, immaturity and or insecurity. Yeah, no, it definitely it's definitely some insecurity, and, and like, look, homeboy don't he don't like going out, he don't like dancing, like you don't even want to do that. Mm-hmm. So why are you mad that she's out there doing that with somebody that wants to do that? You know what I'm saying? Like that's my thing. It's like, bro, okay, so you over here sitting with me, you don't want to dance with her. You mad that she dancing and somebody want to dance with her? Nigga, we're at a bar or we're at a club. Nigga, right. like people be dancing, shaking tail. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you talking about, bro? You know what I'm saying? Like, 
Like I said to him, I was like, you think your girl look good? He's like, of course. I was like, so you think nobody else in here thinks she looks good? Bro, of course some dude's gonna walk up to her, bro. Mm -hmm. Like, of course they're gonna dance a little bit. It's fine, bro. It's fine. You gotta talk closer to the mic, fam. Like, it's fine. It's okay, bro. You're good. Point Point the mic at you. Would I need to like turn this up at all or anything? Nah, it's no. nah, it's fine. You just keep yeah. you keep leaning back. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I just it's a different time, man. And and like I said, I've always been a little bit different. I've never like I've definitely I've definitely known and been with girls and seen girls. It's like, damn, she fine. And I get to know her. I'm like, damn, I don't want to see what's going on with her. You know what I mean or whatever. But like, I can't remember a time where I saw a girl and it was like. I want to go up to her because I'm trying to see with that. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Like, I don't I don't think I've ever taken that approach. It's like, but I, like most of the girls that I've ever pursued, I've always known them prior. You know what I'm saying? So I just think it's, I just think it's whack to just, to, to, to do that. I just think it's whack. <laughs> I just think it's whack. Even if, even if like any, any, any dude that, that's gone out, that, that likes to, that likes to talk to girls and girls like to talk to them. You've been in a spot and you kind of caught eyes with somebody from across yeah. the room, and you go over there and you get to talking, and that is what eventually what it turns into. But you, I, I, I go over there because it's like, like what you just look at me like that for? Like what you you, yeah. you want to talk? Like I I buy you a drink? Like how's this knife gonna go? Like what you you just dancing? You just with your homegirls? Do you know me from somewhere? Like I don't ever I've never walked over or invited somebody out or done anything with the sole purpose to smash. Like or I'm sorry, yeah. with the end goal being to smash. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't say. I At least not that. on that night. Yeah, I, I've never done that. See, and that's why we gotta have more. We gotta have more guests and people on so we could talk about some of these things. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about our conversation last week about couples and marriage and how that's hard. And I was thinking if we had a podcast with a round table of couples and we just talked about just that. Oh, you know, I would love to like do that. being like it being hard or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? Like because from what it's a good segue. But just like in the comment section um, on that conversation, the clip on Instagram, like the thing I kept repeating was, I think it's understating it, saying it, that it's not hard. You know what I'm saying? And I think that there's different levels of hard. And I think there's some things that shouldn't continually be hard. But to have those conversations, to deal with some of those things are hard. It does make it hard being alone and dealing with it. Now you're bringing in somebody else that you got to explain your difficulty or your prerogative or whatever it is or come to a compromise with. All of those things I, are hard. I think the main thing is people were saying it's not that hard. Like when like like when you just like when you describe it, you make it seem like it's like this extremely strenuous thing. When I don't I don't think it is. And I'm not sure if that's how you actually feel or that's just how it comes across. But I de- and I think even even the homie that I used to work with when he commented back to me, he was like, I said it won't be that hard. There will be things about it that are hard. There are gonna be tough times. And that's exactly what I was saying. There's gonna be things that are one hundred percent no doubt hard and that aren't fun. But I don't think like it makes the whole process hard otherwise. I don't think I don't it, think it's it super strenuous. I think doing those things individually is difficult. And to say that it's not or that it shouldn't be is understating it if if there's somebody that deals, i think everybody acknowledges that it's yeah. hard i don't think it's that hard is what people are saying i'm not making it seem like it's super strange but there are things that are super strange that, that are going to be extremely difficult and to say that they shouldn't be is understating it like even if you love that person i deal with extreme anxiety and now to get you to understand what i'm dealing with is hard 
just de- and dealing with it on its own is hard. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's what I think. Like, my wife would tell you that. You, you know what I mean? Like, and there's a million things that a couple could go through that are hard that literally break couples up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just saying, like, when I talk to mom and dad about like relationship advice, it's always like, yo, like, they're not saying that it's super strenuous, and I don't think that it's super strenuous, but I, I ain't even been married two years yet. You know what I mean? But it's crazy. It they feels say like it's already been longer than that. Oh, we've been together forever. That's but, true. Like, they say it's hard work to keep it together because there's days where you don't want to talk about stuff and you have to do the hard thing. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no, like, mom always tell me, there's no not talking about it because that could fester into something. And you might not want to talk about it right now, but you know you need to, and that is hard. And that conversation, getting to having a conversation is hard, and having the conversation is hard, and coming to a compromise is hard. I'm not saying that you're yelling and screaming and doing all that shit, but all of those things individually is hard. Now you got to run them all together with somebody else that don't got your brain, your sensibilities. You know what I'm saying? They, they just love you. Oh, it's funny. Mom told me one time, and it, and for whatever reason, you know, I, like I, I say all the time, I'm super naive to things. But because they like, they always, they're so good at anything that they're going through them together. People don't see it. People don't know it. You know what I'm saying? Even us in their house. I remember I remember saying, like, giving a speech about them or, like, an appreciation kind of spiel about them at church one time. And I said, like, in front of the congregation that I had never seen my parents argue. And that so many people were like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Yeah. And so, like, to that, I remember mom even telling me sometimes how, like, marriage is hard. And this is not – I didn't ask her about it, like, for this conversation. This is, like, yeah. years ago. She's telling me, like, yeah, sometimes, like, me and your dad ain't – he, he mad at me or I'm mad at him and – Sometimes he go to bed and he turn his back to me, or sometimes I go to bed and I turn my back to him, and we just don't talk for a couple of days until we calm enough and ready to talk about it. And she was like, a lot of that comes from because we both, you know, came up in in, in houses with you know domestic violence and you know abuse and yelling and stuff like that. So we always vowed that we wouldn't have it in our house. So we just take our time until we both calm and ready to talk. But the fact that like when she told me that like they they have nights where they just like nah watch out I yeah. that was and I don't remember even I don't know if I was married yet or what but I remember mm-hmm. like when she told me that it was like wow for real yeah but I, obviously nights like that come with it I just didn't picture my parents doing that because of the way they always make make marriage look yeah and I and then like I was telling I was telling wifey this is how I feel like a lot of people take it and like I said I'm a newlywed but a lot of people take it like your love should get you through. That's cute. If you ask me, like, that's cute. I care about you and I love you, but there's things that just our love of each other, it it won't suffice. It takes a conversation. It takes an argument. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you got to understand, I'm here because we could get over all that stuff. Not because it won't ever happen. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I think it's a different way of looking at it. Like, a lot of people, like, and I talk... Most of the people I deal with are well older than me. Most, a lot of them in relationships and even how they talk about it or how they talk about like their divorce or the relationship they were in prior. They were like, I guess we just weren't in love. Like we couldn't, you know what I'm saying? It's like, maybe you have a different, maybe you have a, maybe a skewed view of how love should be. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be that you guys like 
it's different if you end up living with somebody that you can't live with and y'all like each other and then y'all find out that maybe we didn't like or love each other as much as we thought. And I was just about to say, those are the stories that I always find extremely interesting. Mm -hmm. You hear stories about like people that, that feel like they're in love and believe that they're in love and they see other, and they go through tough times and they see another couple or hear about another couple and they like, I've never, I've never had that. Okay, like what made me think of it is, so like everybody I've talked about before, I love the show The Office. And um, like towards like the late one, like the later seasons, uh, Jim and Pam, they like the big couple on the on the thing yeah. on the on the show. Pam's parents break up, and uh, uh, Pam's dad is staying with Jim and Pam at the time. And when he decides that he's gonna go ahead and go through with the divorce, and Pam comes to Jim and she's like, "What did you say to my dad after you talked to my dad? He said he's gonna go look for an apartment. Like, what did you say to my dad?" And he's like, "Like, I I don't know. Truly, I don't know. Like, I'll go talk to him again." She gets mad, storms off, right? And then so she has lunch and talks to her dad and her dad was like, and then, oh, and then she comes back to Jim and Jim was like, so, so was it my fault? And she's like, yeah, it was. And he's like, like, I don't even know what I said. And she's like, Jim, or my dad, my dad was talking to me about how you told him how you feel when I walk into a room and how, when you met me, you knew I was the woman that was going to be your wife and who I was supposed to spend your life with. And just how you feel when, how you feel when I enter a room and how you look at me and how you feel about me. And he said, he never felt that way about my mom, even on their best day. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And so it's like, I, would, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I feel like, and, and I remember Keish, I remember Keish telling somebody like, you, you not, that's not something you in love for a little bit and you decide I'm going to go ahead and get married. Like you, you got to know, like to, to decide you're going to spend the rest. If, if, if you truly value marriage, I'll say that. If you truly value marriage, you got to know in your bones that this is the person that you're supposed to spend the rest of your life with. I, See, I always looked at it different. I didn't look at, like, could I spend the rest of my life with them? I was like, could I not? I feel it. Could I not spend the rest of my life? You know what I'm saying? Like, after me after me and Bird got close, it was like, I'm waking up and I'm thinking about her. She's the last person I want to talk to before I go to bed. I tell her all my intimate everything. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's a space where I could be totally myself and uncensored and unjudged and it just got to a point to where, like, we were dating and we were, like, doing everything together. And it was like, would I do any of this without this woman? And it was like, no. Would I want to do any of this without this woman? No. I think it should be a balance of both of those, maybe. Hmm. Well, I think that everybody's love is different. Everybody's from. love is different. Very true. And that's, like... Your picture and you and yours picture of love may be different from somebody else's. Like, me and Bird talk about this all the time. Like, just within our group of friends, like, the people that are married or that are in relationships, like, long-term relationships, the love looks different every in every place. And you might not understand it on every couple or whatever it is, but that is their version of love. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, like, I'll just use me and you. Like, the way we are, like, with our wives, like, there are some similarities, but... Our love looks different. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, even like we talked about it on the podcast before, but even the way we go about having tough conversations or doing things is different. Like, it's a different shape. It's a different form of love, but it's love nonetheless. And right. you and your partner got to understand what, what is ours. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, me and my wife rather hurt, cry, sit up and talk and say that uncomfortable thing to get it out there and get over it. Whether they're keeping it in or trying to find the perfect way to say it. Like, just make it raw. 
Just say what you gotta say. If it hurt my feelings, my feelings may have needed to be hurt. But we'll get over that. Let's get the let's get it out mm-hmm. so we could deal with mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? And that's not everybody's version of love. Like I'm not super lovey dovey all the time up under my wife and all of that other stuff. And some people much, yeah. and some people may be like, Well damn, he you know what I'm saying? Like But sometimes like her sitting on the love seat and me sitting on the sofa and she's in her laptop and I'm sitting there on my phone and doing something and we're sitting in there enjoying the same space and then we eventually talk or we be talking about some stuff that came up during the day like it's perfectly cool with me where some people would be like well damn you know what I'm saying like but then like I would tell her early like when we started living together like I've never been that dude like I would sit in the middle of the floor in the living room with the whole family and watch the TV show laugh and joke and then get up and go to my room you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I didn't need, I didn't want or need or it, that just wasn't me to like have my head on my mom's lap. Like it happened. You know what I'm saying or whatever. But oh no, that was me all day. Mm. And see, and I'm and I'm still the same way to this day. Mm. I'm still the same way. Like to the point where like keeps me like watch, like watch out. And I'm, I'm the type <laughs> like we could, we could be walking through the store at Disneyland wherever we at, and I'm trying to hold hands the whole time. But you know my hands mad clammy, so keeps me like watch out, man. Like, Why is always like, the one out. with the clammy hands that want to hold hands? Because wife would be trying to hold my hand. I'm like fam. You know, come on, you know, you got them, you know, come on, man, you know you got the Steven Jackson poems. <laughs> Steven Jackson? Yeah, him and Matt Barnes, you know, oh, yeah, like, yeah, family. Yeah, 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 <laughs> You're like, I'm lining up. Like, yeah, all right, nigga, keep it over there. <laughs> okay, you got soft skin, what you dripping on me for? Speaking of that, they, like, like I was telling you before we came in here. They have the best uh absolutely basketball podcast. Absolutely. Bro. They the have best. the best one of the best podcast period. Yeah, for sure. Podcast period. They ain't been doing it long, so they ain't got like the notoriety that everybody else got, but bruh, bruh they are co- look, They're podcasters good. everybody they are coming for that ass. They got the relationships, they got the nods, they got the real and it and it comes through. Like all the smoke podcasts is probably my like I listen. There's certain podcasts I listen to every time they drop, and I like I'm 14 hours behind when when the last All the Smoke podcast uh, podcast dropped, and I'm like, damn. When we was watching like the little preview on the on YouTube before the, before we started, I was like, oh shit, because I thought it was coming out today. I was like, oh shit, was like 14 hours late. Damn, I should have been watching it six hours ago. <laughs> but that that but what was you about to say? My bad, because you all no, that, that podcast is fire. I low key don't even. I still watch it, but I low key don't even watch uh, Knuckleheads podcast like that no more. Uh-huh. They they for sure taking that spot for me. Most of it's kind of like how Joe Budden's podcast did Charlemagne's podcast. Like the Brilliant Idiots, I used to be my main go to podcast, the one I like the most. Mm-hmm. It's for sure the Joe Budden podcast. Now it's Joe Budden podcast, then all the smoke, and then Family Room podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, every Friday. Uh, see, um, for. See, it's diff- it's different for different people. Like most of the stuff I listen to are podcasts. I, I got podcasts like how we used to click through channels. I feel it. Like I watch a bunch of them. You know what I'm saying? But my 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 top three that I listen to, I don't always like in a timely fashion go back and listen to our podcast. But I always listen to them. So I wouldn't put my our podcast in our in my top three because I don't like. There's days like. Joe Bunner podcast comes out. I listen to it either when it comes out or that night. Mm-hmm. Uh, All the smoke comes out. I listen to it the day that it comes out or like ten hours after. Oh, see, it I don't out. even listen to that one. I only watch it on YouTube. Hmm. 
And then with ours, oh yeah, I only watch it on YouTube. Yeah, I only watch our it on podcast. YouTube. I watch it. I can't lie. Every time we put one up on YouTube, I do watch it for a couple of reasons because I want to look. I want to critique myself. I go back to critique. Yeah, I'm not just listening for the like. We on the show. We talking. I know what's mm-hmm. coming. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying. I'm looking at it for critiques. Right. So and I don't an- categorize at the same. Another reason why I don't listen to it is because. Between editing the audio and then editing oh, the video, I've listened to it so many times yeah. and over and over. In between like lining up the video clips and having to like press play and like hear it again and press play and hear yeah. it again, oh, yeah. I've heard it a million times. So yeah. that's why I don't like. But I do like to like the audio. Once I've edited the audio, that and that's of the creative process for this podcast for me. Editing the audio is probably the the, the easiest part. The video <laughs> is definitely the harder part. And then that's the thing that I'm more you know into right now. The yeah. thing that I make money off of right now. So that's the part that I'm really like. Yeah. Looking at all the angles and seeing like is that one like how is that one how the transitions look the colors the colors are gonna be off because two of the cameras are Sony's and one is a Canon so the colors are gonna be off yeah. right now and I'm not really that good at color grading but anyway we ain't gotta get into all that uh anything oh, oh there goes a the battery on that um oh, I got a battery though well you wanna uh, did you hear about the, the Terry Crews thing nah what Terry Crews the new Terry Crews thing cause Terry Crews always in some shit. I don't know about no no new Terry. Yeah, so Gabrielle Union came out and talked about her experience at is it NBC or I think it was NBC. Yeah. And Terry Crews. I did hear about all that. Yeah, that, that's all. But oh but no, he came out, he came back and tried to clean it up. Said nothing else, nothing else. I should have just had your bag or like something like that. He came and tried to clean it up later. But I'm like, I'm done with Terry Crews, man. I used to like him a lot, just off the strength of him being on the uh, on the uh, on everybody hates Chris. But nah, nah, I don't mess with dude. Um, and you can vouch. I've been on this for a minute. Fuck Terry Crews. <laughs> like Joe Bennett said, there's sometimes where you could all you gotta do is shut up, and you couldn't even do that. And you were pandering for the man. And I think that's why I, I never messed with Terry. Because I always felt like he would do whatever for a role. And this lines up with that. You got a relationship with them too. You want to be in a good light with them too. So you come out and say something about her experience. Ain't nobody asking you about your experience, Terry Crews. I'm we're talking about Gabrielle Union. Why we always talk about... We, and I'm going to talk about that in Gabrielle a second. Gabrielle Union, good Lord. She's so fine, man. She getting better with age, boy. She is so fun. Cause I wasn't the biggest fan. <laughs> that sounds terrible. I wasn't the biggest fan of Gabrielle Union, <laughs> but the older she gets, I'm like, goodness gracious. I used to just, I always thought she was fine, but I used to yeah, like, yeah, I used to look at, looking. I used to look at little things with her and think like she was just a little messy. And then you fast forward to some of the conversations and the apologies that she had. I'm like, see, I knew I wasn't tripping, but I've always someone that's always like looked at. I always, I always like that type of stuff. She's always been gorgeous. Oh, she always been fine. Yeah. But I remember specifically they asked her about a serious role she played. I don't remember what movie it was, but they asked her about it. And she was like, well, she was like, I mean, yeah, but it's challenging. I enjoy it. She was like, but in all honesty, I'd rather be playing a role where I'm kissing Will Smith or kissing L Cool J. And I remember like when she said it, I was like, I think LL's married. We all know Will Smith is married. Why would you be messy and say something like that? Well, and then you fast forward to her on the red table. Game. But then you fast forward to her on the red table talk and she talked about how she had how she had a beef with Jada. And how it was an issue for Will and Jada when he did, uh, uh, what movie was that? Uh, uh, Bad Boys 2, when she mm. was like the love interest or whatever. Yeah. And so I'm like, see, there must have been something there for her to say that. She must have been trying to make, for me anyway, I was like, she had to be trying to make Jada mad yeah. when she said that. Yeah. If there's a beef and then you say that, like, come yeah. on, man. I'm going to want to swing on you. <laughs> That's a fact. 
That's a fact. But anyway, uh, but back to Terry Crews, it's like the, to come out to come out and to tell your experience after somebody's come out and told theirs, even if yours is factual and you're not pandering for your master, which a lot of people feel that way about him. It just shows that you don't have no sensitivity and that you're going to back who you think is your winning horse no matter what. And, and we've all met people like that. It ain't got to be as big a scale as Gabrielle Union against NBC and Terry Crews stepping in and this, all these people are noteworthy names. We know a dude that told the black kids in school, fuck y'all, these white people go get me to where I want to be. And, and it's, just, it's just the mindset that you will do whatever to please or to look in a good light with them so you don't gotta feel like, and that's why. So you can feel like you could be around those people or benefit from those. And people. And that's why all he had to do was shut up. Yeah, shut your mouth. Because even if that is your experience there, that doesn't mean everybody has that same experience there. And let's talk about the diversity that's around here because that's what she's talking about. Stop it, Terry. Like, man, fuck that nigga, man. I man, can't stand people like that, bro. I'm over here talking about what I'm going through, and you gonna tell me what your experience is. I don't care. It make me not want to watch Everybody Hates Chris no more, man. That's one of my favorite I don't shows. care, bro. I'm talking about my experience, bro. I don't care about yours right now. And that's why he apologized, because he knew he was wrong. Somebody told him, like, fam, you're wrong. Like, Oh, somebody told me you're stupid. And that it would look good if you went out here and tried to get the black folks back on your side, clown. Speaking of that, outside of everybody, or I guess you can't say that because he did such a good job and Everybody Hates Chris, but I was going to say, outside of that show... We got to start talking about him the way everybody talk about uh, Michael B. Jordan. He ain't never done nothing where he just didn't had to be buff. He had a few little roles in, uh, what was it, Street Kings with Keanu no, Reeves. He started. You know what I'm saying? But other than that, he just been a buff dude. I mean, I think it's hard to be a comedic actor, and I don't like the way everybody does it. I don't, I'm not a slapstick comedy motherfucker, like... You flexing and doing all that shit ain't funny to me. Like, I'm like... Them Old Spice commercials got quick real fast for me. Yeah, like... And I enjoy some of those because they're kind of clever. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, I, I've never been like, oh, shit, Terry Crews is dope. Like, I've been like, all right, nigga. Like, Everybody Hates Chris was funny. Really funny. But really ne funny. never my favorite show. You know what I mean? Or Terry Crews was never... I'll put it like this. Terry Crews ain't never been on my short list of nothing. No. He ain't been on my long list of short nothing. Short list of buffest dudes ever, maybe. Other he ain't on that. my long list. Nah, like, buff dude actors, like, give me Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> nah, he pretty diesel, though. Terry Crews he is diesel, diesel, but I'm saying acting ability, buffness, like, all that shit. Like, ability come into it. And you know what? I'm going to fuck Terry Crews. I feel it. That nigga up out of here, man. I ain't, got, I ain't got no issue with that. I think that you know, was all you know, I had. Tearing man. down one of our queens to make to try to build yourself up to who you think you back in. Up. Shut up, man! You look nasty, bro. Yeah, look like a sellout. That's what it is. There's no, there's no. We, we ain't got time for that no more. Mm. There's no more room for that. There's no more time for that. You rocking or you or you not rocking? That's that's what I'm yeah. on. That's what I'm on, bro. Kobe, Kobe and Nip is gone, bro. We ain't got no time for no sucker shit. Facts though. Facts though. You rocking or you not rocking? Like, you holding it down and you not holding it down. That's how I'm looking at it. That's how I'm looking it, at it, man. To me, at least when it comes to somebody's plight, everything is nuanced and you can have discussion, but you going out of your way to discredit or make look bad somebody, because that's what you were doing. You can say whatever you want, telling your experience. That's what it does. It marginalizes her experience. Why would you do that? I just didn't realize. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. You're a public-facing figure. 
Don't tell me that you or nobody in your camp didn't think about that. Like that's what I hate about that's what I hate about celebrities when they step in it. I just didn't think about it. You think about every fucking thing that goes out there. Yeah. Don't tell me you didn't. Yeah. Don't tell me you didn't. You didn't care at the time, or you thought it would play differently. And Terry Crews definitely thought that that would play differently. Oh, one hundred percent. And then when it didn't, my bad. And that's why I'm loving. That's why I'm loving the time and the space that we're in. Everybody's Sucker. like, nope, nope. Whether Twitter. Or, or, or somebody of prominence calls you out, you get called out. And, some, and de- yeah. depending on what you say and what you did, you don't know which one is worse. Like, really. like, we've joked about it before, like, but you can't mess up out here. You know what else you can't be? Fake. We can feel it. We yeah. can see it. Yeah. We know when it's you or it's not you posting. Like we've Antonio been, we've Brown. We've been living in an age of transparency for a long time. Yeah. It's like, and you can't run away from what you've put out there. Everything everybody does is out in the streets now. And you know why I walk, I tell people this all the time. You know why I walk around and I could be 100% me? Because I'm always 100% me. Nothing, when people hear unauthentic stuff about me, they say, not Steph, bro. Couldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't have been him, bro. Because I'm not living no kind of double life. I'm not saying nothing to somebody that I wouldn't say in a different setting to that same person. Or I'm not saying something to you that I haven't already said or that I wouldn't say in somebody's face. I'm not pandering to nobody. And you know what's funny? When... When you say something, so like a lot of times people think like when you say something about them that you're talking behind their back, when I guess you can deem it as that because they're not there to defend themselves, which I 100% rock with. But if it's not something that's going to make us like if it's not something that's going to make us either want to fight or lose money over and I say it when you're not there, it's not really that big of an issue. So, you know what I'm saying? But my, my bigger point with that is when you say something about somebody and they're not there to defend themselves and they hear about it and then they bring it to you and they ask you about it and you stand firm on it and be like, yeah, that is what I said. A lot of time people don't even know what to do. Mm. They don't even know what to do. It happened to me. A lot of time. A lot of time. I told a dude I thought he was acting Hollywood. I've told you about it off camera before. Yeah. But I told a dude I thought he was acting Hollywood. Said it to one person. So I know I know who told him. Um, but that's not important to me because I don't care. Like yeah. I said, and then he, I, you know what I'm saying? I, I asked him about something. And then he was like, oh, you think I'm Hollywood? I was like, what? Just because he said it with some bass in his voice. I was like, what? And he was like, you think I'm Hollywood, bro? Telling people I'm Hollywood? I was like, yeah. I told one person that. Yeah, I do think you're Hollywood. And he like, he kept, he stayed he stayed tough with it, which I will give yeah. him a little bit of respect for, I guess. But at first, yeah. like at first, he didn't know what to say when he was like, when I was well, like, yeah. yeah, that is. Well, you thought it was going to change? That's exactly what yeah. he said, yeah. And, and this is the thing. There's a difference between killing somebody or raking somebody through the leaves. This becomes real big in the coaching world. Like, you could be there and you could disagree with a co- coach's talk. And we could be sitting there talking about something and then somebody get back to somebody who's like, oh, I wouldn't have made that change or I wouldn't have did that or whatever. But right. Bro, it's my opinion. And because they weren't here, that don't mean that I'm talking shit on them. We're, you're, you're asking about what happened in the game and what I would have done as a coach. Now, you're going to run and tell this person. They're going to come up to me and say, oh, you did, 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 Hey, bro, like, one, take a step back, calm down. Two, I'm allowed to think differently than you. Right. And three, it's not an indictment of your coaching. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the coaching game works a lot like that. Is I mean, anything that's relation, most things are relationship based. You know what I'm saying? But unless I'm raking you through the coals, talking bad about you, me just giving my opinion ain't no indictment on you. Facts. You know what I mean? And it's like, and if you think it is, get over yourself. Like, so what? Like. Yo, you might be thinking too much about what people think about you. Like, um, this is kind of unrelated, but it, nah, it's related. Like, a lot of people, a lot of people ask me, 
like, I mean, you know, you know some of the coaches I know, Fev and all of that and all of that other stuff. They ask me questions about these coaches because they're known coaches. They're they're pretty prominent coaches in the area. You know what I mean? And and this happens all the time because I have like a critique of like Chris Crush at like Mission Hills or something. People be like, oh, you talking shit on Chris? Or like, no, like Chris is my friend and I've talked to him about this. But the way we coach is different. And I would coach this way, he coaches that way, and we both make it work or whatever. But I do have a difference of opinion. That's not me talking shit behind his back. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and like if I'm keeping it in a bean, I love that man. I've learned a lot from him. You know what I'm saying? He's given me access to a championship-level program. I've seen things that other coaches in my position don't see. You know what I'm saying? But we do have differences in things, how we would run things, how we run our show, how we do different things, how we coach. And that's why and a lot of— It's not a, like people think like— I'll be in a coach like North County Coaches Conference is coming up at the end of the month, right? All the coaches and they little clicks and they talking and da 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 and people see me with Chris and they ask me questions about him. And if I say like, nah, I wouldn't do that, they're like, you wouldn't do that, like. So you're saying Chris does it wrong? No, I'm not saying Chris does it wrong. I'm saying I, that I wouldn't do it like that. Mm-hmm. There's a million ways to get the message across. And that's why I say it all. De- it all depends on how people want to listen, or and or it depends on how you deliver it. Because if yeah. someone asks you like. Like, say a team was pressing all game, and that's what they was winning on, and they stopped pressing the fourth quarter and end up lose, losing. Mm-hmm. And somebody asks you, would you have stopped pressing right there? And you'd be like, hell no, nah, I wouldn't have stopped pressing right there. Yeah. But if they asked you, would be like, nah, I probably would have kept the press going. Those are, you, you conveying the same message, but the delivery, when you say, hell no, nah, that makes it seem like you're like, you feel Why a way, you, do that? you really yeah. genuinely like think that was stupid, or like, you know what I'm saying? That you really feel deeper than you really yeah. do. You know what I'm saying? It's all about delivery, and, that's, and that goes back to my point last time about communication. Mm-hmm. I just, like, I think a lot of things come down to what people want to make of them. If you want to make it a mess, you can. But if you're asking somebody a question and then you're taking their answer, it's just that, the answer to your question, then it's done right there and you move on. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't had, let me be clear, I ain't had no conversation where me and Chris had to sit down about nothing that I said about him. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I do know that some of the stuff that I say in a coaches meeting at a coaches conference gets back to Chris and then me and him laugh about it because we know how y'all do. Mm-hmm. But you know what I'm saying? That's it, always the best. Yeah. And it, it, it is a thing where people are like they're trying to make it something that it's not or they're hoping or wishing or like, oh, d- d- like, like I'm finding out very I'm finding out very slowly. But I am finding it out that a lot of people think that I'm that that maybe I shouldn't be a head coach yet or maybe that I think I know more than I know or whatever it is. And it's like, that's fine. You can think that. I'm not, I'm not saying that y'all talking shit behind my back. I don't care. Y'all got your opinions of me. Okay, cool. I'm not running around trying to find out who's or coming up to coaches and doing, you know what I'm saying, like foul stuff. So they think like when I say something that I'm talking from some mountaintop or like that I know this and I know that. Like I, I acknowledge to everybody that I'm learning this. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like I'm at a point to where, yeah, I'm pretty decent at it. And I know how I kind of want to do things. But, like, it ain't no situation where, I, I, I don't know, like, I, I always make it about the person. Like, why would you do that? Why would you say that? What is your end goal for, like, making this messy or whatever it is? You know what I mean? That's how I always look at it. Like, there's a reason why you're perceiving it this way. And what's that reason? Let's Let's try to get to that reason. Almost more than whatever you're saying. You know what I mean? Like, why do you feel that way? If you feel like I'm talking shit on a coach that you know I'm cool with, why? why? What would be my motivation to talk shit on him? 
what would be my reasoning for doing that? It's just it, it, everything goes back to the reason. The same thing with Terry Crews. Why would you say that? You want to be perceived a certain way to that network. So, of course, you would do that. But you had to shit or step on somebody to do that. And you marginalize her experience. And now you're apologizing because it didn't play how you wanted it. You're a, cl- you're a clown. Mm. You're a clown. Yeah. You're yeah. a pandering, red nosed, black faced clown. Mm. Yeah, he wanted to do is we got to put on goofy time and just let himself expire, like Nipsey said. Yeah. Sitting like, right just, on over there and just you like. Stay over there yeah. where, you, where you think you're going to make it, all that. Like, just understand that the respect level has gone down, bro. Be clear. Your biggest things may have been put, set up and put on by white folks. Black people have supported you. And you coming out here and, and bashing a queen. And you can have a difference of opinion with her. But in her moment of vulnerability, when she's fighting, legitimately fighting against somebody for what she feels like was done, done wrong to her, you're marginalizing her, bro. And there's just no way around that. And you apologize and saying you didn't realize? Then you're an idiot for not realizing. Stupid. And we're going to hold that against you for not That's realizing that. That's true. Like, what are you talking about? I didn't realize it. So it's okay? Like, what do you mean you didn't realize? You play, your whole, you play most things in your life out in public, bro. And you didn't realize that. Stop playing with me, bro. I don't live in public like that. And I'm aware of that stuff. I'm aware of how far my words are going to carry when I'm on a high school campus every day. How are you not? And you're in front of nationally televised cameras and sitting in boardroom meetings. He realized he just something bad had been said about his massa, and he wanted to try Flag. to help, try to help clean it up for massa. That's yeah. all. And we got people like that. We just gotta let them stay on the side they own. Yeah. And just let them do what they doing. Uh, did you did you don't want to talk about the NBA at all? Um, or just at the time you didn't. It don't matter to me. I, I mean, I think I was we can talk that, about some of the big trades that went through, but like trying to break them down, like they all just happening right now. I feel it. I really wanted Andre Iguodala, man. He went to Miami. I really wanted him on the Lakers. I wanted the Lakers to get. I wanted the Lakers to get another guard. It's saying right now that they won't trade Kuzma. You know how I feel about homeboy. Like, let's get him out. Let's get him out of here, bro. But that's just me. But um, I think the D'Lo trade is big. I think that now Minnesota could really build how they've been wanting to. They've been wanting to get that star guard, and they feel like D'Angelo's it. They know what they got with Big Cat. Andrew Wiggins wasn't happy there. I think he's going to rip shit up for the Warriors, bro. Remember what I was saying when he was in Cleveland? When he, when he got drafted to Cleveland and when LeBron was coming back? Mm-hmm. I was like, fam, LeBron pushing the ball with a, with a dude like that on the wing? Yeah, Steph's going to have a lot of fun. Throwing the ball up to him, bro. He's going to be playing the three for them. Draymond going to be playing the four. They're going to get a five. And now they got to build a bench. They got a couple of dudes. Pascal. And, they, like, the Warriors is going to shit. They might bounce right back to championship contention next year, fam. Yeah, I don't see why they wouldn't. Andrew Wiggins is a legit wing. Steph Curry had a hand injury, y'all. It ain't a leg injury. And it was his left hand. Clay. It's coming back, fam. And he said he's going to be even more athletic. Well, I mean, everybody says that, but. The way the medicine is now, a lot of yeah, them are. Yeah. Yeah. But, People I mean, he ain't going to be soaring. D-Rose still has all that explosion. He just doesn't play that way anymore. Yeah. He don't got all of it, but yeah, he got a good amount. When of he it. first came back, he did. 
I just don't think that you stay the same. I think that you do lose something, but losing it from this is what people got to realize when the we're talking about The only thing that's athletes. lost is trust, bro. The way medicine is now, the only mm. thing that's lost is trust. Mm. But I'm saying getting older, your body changes. Like, LeBron ain't the same athlete. Still a very good one. And that's what I'm saying. Coming down from the place that these dudes are to coming down a little bit is still among the very we're not, best. We're not just talking about... We're not, we're, those are kind of two different things. We're just talking about re- recovering from an injury. Like, like they, they come back and the way that the, the medicine is now, that's why they're able to come back so quickly. They, they, they come back more athletic, bro. Like the they come back with like the muscles are even stronger. The, the thing the thing that is the problem is trusting it, because it's, it's just such a scary no, thing. But I'm saying you are getting older. You do lose some explosion and quick twitch and all of that. Like it's just just with age. And I'm saying you don't keep you don't stay where you were at. Even like no matter what, like Kobe is. I mean, LeBron is still phenomenal athlete, bro. I remember when it felt like he was in the air for three seconds. It don't, it's not like that no more. It seems like he's in the air for two. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's just, like, it's rare. I remember every jump for LeBron, it was like, yo, is fam jumping off a trampoline? Now when he pulls it out, you're like, yo. I'm just saying. Like, this, he still got it like I'm just that. saying, we've seen guys come back. I mean, Adrian Peterson's a freak. But, I mean, we've seen guys come back. And that doesn't happen We've day. seen guys come back from injuries, and they're just as explosive, if not more explosive. I mean, Zach Levine, Derrick Rose, Adrian Peterson, like we said, is a freak. See, I would we, say, we've see, with Zach Levine, he still get up, but it, if, to me, it looked different. The authority, like, he still get up, but the authority in which he does it, it's the, the force that is put out doing it looks different to me. You know what I mean? And, and those are the things I think you miss. Like... Derrick Rose could do that all night, every night when he was first in the league. I don't think that he could put out like that all night, every night, and still be the player that he is right now. It would take, like, like Kobe. Before his Achilles happened, we was like, something go happen, bro. He's just putting out every night at this high, high level, playing 48 minutes when needed and doing all of that. Like, we was like, shit, something's going to happen. And then he popped his shit. Because you just can't do it like that no more. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't know Stephen A was telling a story about that. Quick quick sidebar about that. Stephen A was telling a story that. So I knew about Kobe like stage the mutiny on D'Antoni. I knew that I was like, fam, we not playing like that. This is how we gonna play. Yeah, they were saying like there'd be games <laughs> when like He pretty much said, Fuck Kobe. The sub the sub would come and he'd be like, Nah, fam, I'm standing. Like, go ahead, go ahead, sit back down. Yeah. And it was like, and I guess I mean we know Kobe can any superstar can do that. But I guess like when a nigga's that old and they were saying, like, yo, somebody's gotta tell this nigga like fam. You're not 23. Like, you got to come and sit down. Something's going to happen. And you saw that game when he tore his Achilles. Like, he, he went down like two or three times before that. Yeah. And then he, he finally popped it. But anyway, RIP to Kobe the GOAT, man. The GOAT. I think that's about it, man. That's about, that's you got about any, it. anything else you want to? We hit y'all with an hour 30. Um, I just wanted to say shout, shout out to the Lady Bulldogs, man. Big win in Fallbrook, bro. <laughs> <laughs> little last second. Little last second pop off. You. Little last second pop off. I'm trying to think of some music to get us up out of here with. I usually be playing old stuff. <laughs> As I told every Friday, man, you just need to be checking what that new drop is, man, so we can be talking about this music. I listen to that. I listen to that Russ album. It, um... I, I I like Russ, I like I feel like people either hate or love Russ. Um, I don't understand where the hate come from. I guess because kind of his personality, but the music is good. 
I, I like it more when Russ is rapping. He doing he doing more harmonizing, singing type shit on this. But I fuck with him. That's new. Um, who else is new? I, I'm just I listen to a ton of Reason, man. Reason's my guy right now. JID Reason. They the new they the new cast that newer cast that I'm listening to. Besides my people, I'm I'm never gonna leave. You know Wale, those type. I'm never gonna leave them. That's some Russ playing right now. That's some Russ playing right now. He can take us out. Russ. Before we get out, I want to shout out everybody that listens to us on Spotify. Everybody that watches us on YouTube. Thank we appreciate y'all, man. Thank, thank you. you. I look at all three cameras if they all still working right now. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for watching us on YouTube. Thank you for listening to us on Spotify. Uh, like I said, man, we gonna keep trying to make things better, keep uh, improving things, and we just gonna keep on grinding, man. Y'all keep rocking with us. And it's gonna keep getting better for y'all, man. Anybody that knows us personally, that wanna come and sit down in the family room with us, you're always more than welcome. Any San Diego podcasters that wanna, you know, maybe do like a mashup podcast sometime, reach out. We'll talk, get familiar before we do something like that, and then we can try to make that happen. I think it would be kind of, kind of purpose defeating if we just sit down with anybody before yeah. kind of getting to know their content and getting yeah. to know them as people somebody anyway, hit me on twitter about that but i was like I'll tell you. yeah but we could still, we could still uh, reach out and you know create those relationships and try to make that happen but uh any you know anybody that that's that's rocking with us that been rocking with us we appreciate y'all man thank you so much and uh keep messing with us man family room podcast episode 33 i'm mike Rome. stefan Rome. we'll catch y'all next week man Hashtag Family Room Fridays. Anytime you post about Family Room Podcast, please hashtag Family Room Podcast and Family Room Fridays. Thank you so much. Peace out.